You are listening to The Current Daily, a new podcast keeping us up to date with the latest news for UC San Diego's Information Technology Services Department. My name is Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, May 20th, halfway through week 8. I hope you've heard about the Return to Learn program. It's been covered in the Union Tribune, Washington Post, and New York Times, among other outlets. You'll recall that the goal of Return to Learn is to broadly test students, faculty, and staff on a recurring basis for the presence of the virus that causes COVID-19. The first phase of testing on campus residents is up and running. If all goes well, the problem could be scaled to regularly test over 60,000 students, faculty, and staff to facilitate a reopening of the campus. Today, we've got some insider updates from our own Brett Pollock. He's going to discuss the program in general thus far and the contributions made by IT services. This is a good one, folks. This is Mark Herzberger. Today, I'm joined by Brett Pollock. He's our director of Workplace Technology Services. Brett, welcome to the pod. How are you? Hey, thanks very much, Mark. I'm doing great. We are here to talk about the Return to Learn program and IT services role with it. But what is the genesis of the Return to Learn program from the uh, Chancellor point of view? So one of the things we hear quite a bit about in the news is how we can kind of safely start to reopen the country, right? How can we reopen the state? How can we reopen the campus? So invariably, it's followed up by increased COVID testing, social distancing, ensuring that folks are wearing face covering, kind of all the protocols around, you know, being around each other physically. So the chancellor put forth kind of a lofty goal to members of the cabinet to ask you know, how can we leverage the unique brain power of UC San Diego, including all the clinicians, the epidemiologists, folks in bioinformatics, and then, you know, on our side, information technology to provide COVID testing at a mass scale to the campus community. So the idea is if we can, you know, minimize exposure by ensuring those on campus are free from the virus, we'll better position ourselves to begin you know, a safe return at some level of in-person activities in the fall. So in a matter of weeks, a plan was really laid out to pilot kind of a free COVID testing program that would be offered to about 5,000 undergraduate and graduate students that currently reside on campus. The program being designed really to think about how we could scale it up to accommodate periodic testing of a population, maybe 10, 11 times that amount with 65,000 faculty, staff, and students. You were telling me before that kind of a traditional testing model of a, a individual showing up to a lab or a clinic and doing it that way probably wasn't going to work to get this to 60,000 people. So how has this testing process been adapted so it's more mobile or more DIY? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had to be really kind of creative in the thinking, right? So the lab that was selected to perform the testing had not done anything at this scale. So to this point, testing was administered by a clinician on a test subject at the lab. So if we were to think about scaling this eventually to you know, all students, faculty, and staff, uh, we had to think differently. We had to think of a way in which we could test and the test could be self-administered, really just with oversight maybe by those clinicians instead of them administering the test themselves. In addition, it wouldn't be feasible for all those people to go to the lab site to get tested. So we had to 
think about having multiple sites around campus located where the students currently reside. So that was kind of a shift really in the focus in terms of the format. So this was kind of spearheaded by Bob Newhart and the Operational Strategic Initiatives team, just brainstorming how this workflow might play out. And so we definitely needed you know, to develop a system that was low touch as much as possible. Okay. And in general, what's the, what's the brief version of the end-to-end uh, testing process for a student? They came up with the idea of a three-week program, uh, which was divided up into undergrads in week one, grads in week two, and then basically those that were remaining in week three. So the testing sites were established in locations next to housing for each of those student populations. Uh, Emails were sent out to the residents, letting them know about the Return to Learn program, which provided free COVID testing. The students would log into a website with the locations and the instructions. So one of the first things we asked them to do is download the UC San Diego mobile app. And over the past couple of weeks since the uh, kind of genesis of the idea, Alex Wu and his team that maintained the mobile app really transitioned it to support COVID testing and this whole process. So the thought was if we were going to accommodate testing in masks, we had to assemble test kits in masks. And for us to assemble kits that were pre-labeled for each student in the scope of the test, that would be a huge bottleneck. So what we needed was a way for students to kind of retrieve a test kit at the test site, associate it with themselves prior to administering the test. Vince Kellen, our CIO, he had an idea of using scanning technology within the mobile app, if that was a possibility. So what we did was we took that and developed a unique QR code that would be applied to the test kit. The students would scan the QR code with the UC San Diego mobile app. That would then associate them with the test kit. The information then in the scan would be stored and logged in an encrypted database. And then once that test kit arrived back at the lab, the technician had kind of a companion app installed on iPads to read the QR code and pull up the information about the student. The technicians would perform the test. They would log the results within the software at the lab. And then the students get notified of their test results through the My Student Chart app. Uh, which is part of our hospital's network leveraging the Epic software. So in, in addition to adapting the app for this purpose, what are some of the other IT services or products that were either contributed or developed on the fly? Yeah, exactly. So part of the process too was figuring out, okay, so if we're going to be using technology like this in a unique way, how do we provide support for this, right? So one of the things we did from the IT support side was deploy laptops at each of the testing sites running a Zoom session. Um, so if students were having any kind of IT issue with the app or you know network connectivity or something like that, they would simply walk up to the computer and then we could kind of remote troubleshoot with them. And most of those issues that we found over those Zoom sessions could be resolved in just a few seconds. You know, having them, you know, make sure that they were downloading the latest version of the app or, you know, switching Wi-Fi connections, those kinds of things. So from that perspective, we're now thinking about, gosh, you know, could we deploy this type of kind of remote troubleshooting format leveraged by the service desk and other areas of, of IT support? So it certainly has been kind of a, I guess, genesis for maybe other ideas and how we can apply remote troubleshooting in, in different ways. And then from the tech side, what have been some of the early successes and challenges in the program? One of the things that we found is because we're using, you know, a Lean Six Sigma approach to this whole process, where at the end of each day, we meet with each of the different site points of contact We go through what worked, what didn't work, and how we can improve. One of the things we found out is that to make things more efficient at the lab, if we were able to translate the student, what they call the student MRN or medical record number, 
an order number within the system into a barcode, the lab would be able to scan that barcode when they pulled up the student's record and directly bring up that order within the Epic system. Because of these kind of process improvement ideas that we had at the end of each day, we were able to streamline things more and more so we could get that time to processing down to the smallest amount possible, given that we're thinking about the mass scale we'll eventually have to kind of support in this process. So that's definitely been one of the successes is this iterative approach and being able to rapidly iterate on the technology. Challenges, of course, always are things like installing the app on people's phones, the various types of phones that people have out there. And network connectivity is always you know, seemingly a challenge within the resident halls. So we've definitely made improvements in all those different areas. Sounds amazing. What is any one last thing you want uh, IT services staff to know about this project in general or the, the technical components? Yeah, I guess that, you know, this is obviously a very unique project, and it's really been awesome to be a part of a transformative initiative like this for the campus. Articles have been written in the LA Times, New York Times, and Washington Post about what we're doing. So there certainly are a lot of eyes on UCSD to see how this turns out. So we've definitely been in contact with others that are, you know, wondering about what's working and what not work, what's not working, and uh, if this is perhaps something they could leverage. So it's kind of exciting to think that you know, this could be something that other campuses could implement and get their kind of student, faculty, and staff population back on campus in kind of a safe environment. So, you know, just the fact that IT services is a part of something very big that has kind of a, a national kind of slant to it, it's pretty exciting. We appreciate it. Thank you, Brett, and best of luck on this project. Thanks a lot, Mark. Take care. Do you like what you're hearing on this podcast? Please let a fellow IT services staff member know so they don't miss out. Also, if you want to be notified as soon as the podcast is posted, watch the podcast page on The Current. If you don't know how to do that, instructions for watching a page are posted there. Most importantly, if you have something to share or an idea for me to include here, you can submit it to the email its-podcast at ucsd.edu. If you join me on Zoom, you could actually be on the podcast. Again, don't be shy. We want your voices here. This is a podcast not only for ITS, but by ITS to help keep us informed and connected. And don't forget, we are now available on SoundCloud, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Links to our profiles are still on the ITS podcast collab page. It has never been easier, so subscribe today. And that is it for today. Remember to listen to the next episode of The Current Daily.